text for the sermon this morning is verse 35 of John 6. Verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, guests worshiping with us today, Labor Day weekend, opportunity to think about your labors, what you want to, what you're laboring for. Maybe a new house or a diploma or degree in post-secondary education and a better job. All decent kind of things to work for, nothing wrong with trying to get ahead with these things in life. But it wouldn't be good if that was the ultimate goal of what you're laboring and living for. As Christians, we believe there's much, much more to work for in life than food, house, job, education. All those things are good, but they can be gone in an instant or things can change in a very short time. You get some kind of sickness or Accident, you lose your job, you end up with severe depression. So those things can't be your ultimate goal. There are a lot of things that can sidetrack your life. That's also what Jesus had in mind when he spoke to the people who found him again on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They had experienced how Jesus had fed them by the thousands with a few barley loaves and two small fish. And how there had even been 12 baskets left. So when they wanted, so then they wanted to make him king. They felt, here's a man who could provide us with everything. We could be in a kind of a welfare state with him as king providing us with everything. The bread we need. But Jesus retreated and later on he went across the sea, walked on the water to the boat His disciples were rowing across the sea. When those people noticed that Jesus had gone to the other side, they also crossed over to look for him. And when they found him, they asked him how he had managed to get there without them knowing. But he admonished them, verse 27. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. And in our text for this morning, Jesus explains how he is the food to eternal life. 
who should be the ultimate goal of our labors. And I preached to you the text from the Gospel of John with this theme then. Jesus is the bread of life, and we'll pay attention to the words of Jesus. Secondly, the life in Jesus, and thirdly, the coming to Jesus. The words of Jesus, first of all, about his being the bread of life. He admonishes the people sharply before our text, as I mentioned before. You seek me, but not because, well, you seek me because of the bread. But you don't see this miracle as a sign that I am God's son, the Messiah. You want to receive what I can give, but you, you don't want to accept me, myself, as the Christ. And then the people reply, who says you're from God? Even Moses did more than you. He gave bread from heaven for the whole nation, for hundreds of thousands of people. You gave bread to a few thousand, Moses to hundreds of thousands. So don't, take, don't think you're so special. And then Jesus replies, it's not about what I give, but it's about who I am. I am the bread of life. I came down from heaven, from God. I am of divine origin. I am the bread of heaven which gives life to the world. And then not just life to a few hundred thousand or a few million, but to billions. And real life then, life which never ends, eternal life. The bread that Moses miraculously gave the people couldn't keep them alive forever. They eventually died in the wilderness. But I am the bread of life which gives life which never perishes, never ends. Whoever takes this bread in will live forever with God. Shouldn't you be seeking this bread then? Isn't this the bread you should be laboring for above and beyond everything else you desire. So think about that whole context, the issue. The issue is what makes your clock tick? What drives you in life more than anything else? What are you living for, working for? Are you laboring for the food that perishes? Let's be realistic. Good food and drink, good career, nice house, good marriage, health, happiness, they're all actually temporary at best. Temporary at best. You can have many of them. Maybe you can have all of them. But in the end, you're going to have to let them go. Life comes to an end. So how busy are you with those things? With your education, your career, your relationships, your hobbies, your appearance, and so on? Those are all temporary things. Shouldn't we be laboring more for the life that never ends? For the glorified life with God? Isn't that the ultimate aim? To have and keep the life with God that gives so much peace because it's forever? And then the question is, congregation, how much do you truly labor for that? How much do you seek that in your life? How much, for instance, how much time do you spend 
on that? How much time per day do you spend opening the Bible or in prayer or meditating on God's promises and obligations? Of the 16 hours that you're awake in a day, of the 960 minutes, how many do you use to labor for the food that endures to eternal life? How much time do you spend on computer and social media compared to God's word? How much of the money you earn or receive per week or per month do you spend on movies, novels, other pleasures, going out compared to what you spend on reformed magazines, Christian books for yourself and your family? How much of the few minutes you spend in time in prayer every day do you spend asking for good health or income as compared to seeking God's glory and growing in your life for him? Or does Jesus have to say to us today to what he said to those people in Capernaum, you seek me but for the bread and not for who I am. You know, If you saw someone seeking change, nickels and dimes and quarters and loonies and toonies, but ignoring the bills, the $50, $100 bills, just wanting the change, you'd point to your head, right? He's, He's foolish, doesn't realize that the paper money is worth more than all the coins. Well, that's how foolish we are if we invest pretty well all our energy and and our effort and our desire in seeking the good things of this life and very little or no energy and effort into seeking the things that pertain to the life that is life indeed. For that life is worth much, much more than the best career or the nicest house or the happiest marriage of all. As Jesus said, what what does it profit a man... If he gains the whole world, but loses his own soul. What benefit do you gain if you have good work, income, relationships, and health? However good those things may be, but in the end, you sink away in eternal darkness. So honestly examine the priorities in your life. What is first and foremost for you in your heart, for your life? Does the attention you give to work or career or possessions or friends or health or hobbies, does that overpower the attention you give to seeking God and the life there is in Christ and growing in that? Oh, people seek God's help and peace when they lose their income or their health or their relationships, but don't wait for then. Don't wait for then. Seek him now while he is to be found. Seek God's grace and peace in Christ in the good days. If you do that, then the other things will be in the right place too. They can certainly be there, but they need to be in the right place. Good marriage, house, income. Then they're in the right place and then they're not the all-important thing in your life. And then you won't be so devastated when they're taken away. Because you know they're transitory, they're passing, and your heart is set on something much higher. 
And if they're, they're not all the, the all and everything to your existence, you can deal with losing them. Because God in Christ is what your life is ultimately about. And that determines your peace and joy here. We come to the second part of the sermon. The life in Jesus as the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. That's what Jesus says in the text. What what he means to say is that as bread sustains us in this passing physical life here, so he sustains us to eternal life. He sustains to eternal life. What food and drink are for this life here, he is for the life that, that lasts forever, for the spiritual life with God. And he gives that life, and he alone can give it. How does he give that life? He explains that later, verse 51. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And verse 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. When Jesus mentions his flesh and blood, he has in mind his suffering and death. That he, he gives himself up completely, his body and blood. He was going to give himself up to the mob who would come to arrest him and to the Sanhedrin who would condemn him and to Pilate and the soldiers who would mock and whip him and crucify him. He could have stopped it all from happening. From, he could have stopped them from doing what they did to him. He could have stopped them just with a gesture of his hand. But he would and did give himself over to them completely. Here I am. Take me. Do to me what you desire to do to me. And so he gave himself over completely to the wrath of God. To the curse of the law. He didn't resist. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter as was prophesied. Gave his flesh and blood as the sacrifice for sin. And he as a sacrificed one. Then becomes the bread of life, the source of eternal life. And that means more than just life without an end. Eternal life is living in peace with God. Life that is reconciled with God, has joy in God. Life that is directed to serving God. Life that resists sin and wants to live for God. And therefore that eternal life is life that begins here and now. And then it's life that never ends too. Jesus says in our text, I am the bread of life. For I give and sustain that life. Moses gave your father's manna, but in me God the Father gives you the true bread of life from heaven. And Jesus says to those, those words, says those words to the crowds who sought him with completely wrong motive. Who sought him for the bread for this temporary life. They're the the people about whom Jesus says, verse 36, you've seen me and yet do not believe. Congregation, we're actually by nature people like that too. Jesus says to us all at the opening of the word here today, my father gives you the true bread. In other words, he holds this bread out to you today. Whoever you are here, 
however you are as you listen today. He holds out that bread to you today. And you may eat that true bread, that bread of life, that bread that gives life that never ends. You can take it in. And when you take it in, you have life. You have Jesus. And Jesus gives life which isn't trapped in the atmosphere of this earth or which is even contained in this universe. He gives life with God which goes far beyond this world, this universe. Glorious life with God that never ends. And that bread is sufficient for that life. That bread which is Christ. You don't need to add anything to it. It's given freely. Life with God. Life directed to serving God in love. Life which hates sin and loves righteousness, given and sustained by that bread which is Christ crucified. And God holds out that bread to you today. And you need that bread. You need it more than you know. If somebody doesn't eat, eat bread, that person will die. We need that bread of life. And Jesus is that bread of life. Without him, we die. We die eternally. We begin to die here, and we die forever. No life with God, no access to God, no peace with God. Just eternal hunger that will never, ever be satisfied. You and I need that bread, that bread of life. So let's come to Jesus then, as he says. And that brings us to the last part of the sermon this morning. Coming to Jesus. I'm the bread of life, Jesus says in the text. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. The thing is, you have to come to him. You have to believe him. You have to take him in to yourself. He calls that eating and drinking him. You know how it is with bread. You can have a loaf of bread on the table. You can maybe even have a slice of bread on your plate. And maybe your mother says to you, come on, don't just sit there and look. Eat, eat. Because just looking at the bread isn't going to help you. Even just holding it in your hand isn't going to do anything for you. You'd starve to death, even if it was on your plate or in your hand. You have to consume it, eat it, take it in, swallow it. Jesus is the bread of life. So looking at him isn't going to help you. Knowing a lot about him isn't going to do anything for you as such. You personally need to take him into yourself consume him so to speak believe in him you need to come to him believe in him and trust yourself to him give yourself over to him as he gave himself for you and to do that you need to know how much you need him And that without him, there is no life for you. Without him, you're dead in your sins and trespasses and under God's heavy wrath forever and ever. 
And then you also need to accept in your heart that all the other stuff people look for in this life is just temporary of passing nature. You can't find true life, true happiness, true peace with God and with yourself in those things. However pleasant they may be, I can have a happy marriage. I can have excellent health, a wonderful career, generous income. But I haven't made it as long as God's wrath and curse still hang over my head. I'm nowhere. I can possess a lot, but I basically have nothing if I don't have that comfort of belonging to the Savior Jesus Christ in life and death. I have to see my need for Christ. He's much more than husband or girlfriend, job, good health, possessions, because he redeems from the wrath and curse of God against my sin, which is hanging over me, even if I don't realize it. And if I see that I need him, then I'll come to him. I'm drawn to him. I say, here I am, Lord. Do with me what you want. Do with me what you want. Make of me what you want. And see, that's, that's coming to him, believing in him, eating and drinking him, taking him in, and trusting yourself to him. See, congregation, that's how the, the Spirit brings us to come to him, the bread of life. You realize in your heart, you can't do without him. You can't do without him. You can't live for, for a day without him. You need to eat and drink every day again. Just because you ate yesterday doesn't mean that you don't need to eat today. You have to eat every day, uh, meals every day. Every day you take in, you need to also take in that bread of life then. Jesus Christ. Every day, come to him. Take his sacrifice, take in his sacrifice for you. Consume his love for you, his forgiveness of your sins. And that means then to take the time and open the word every day. Take it in. Think on it in the morning before you go to work, to your labor. This is what I'm laboring for. Take the time. If you don't eat for a day, you'll notice that your energy declines. You become listless and weak. Whoever doesn't eat this spiritual food every day is going to become weak. Going to become weak and listless in the love for God. Weak and listless in the fight against sin. Feeble in your love for God. Feeble in your testimony about Jesus before others. Jesus is the bread of life. You need to consume him every day. You eat physical food at least three times a day. Eat the spiritual food at least three times a day too if you can. Week by week. Week by week too. Another commercial for Bible study. Starting again soon. Whoever comes to Jesus believes in him consumes the bread of life. And Jesus said that person will never hunger or thirst again. 
that person will become more and more assured of his or her complete redemption in Christ, in other words. The more you take him in, the more sure you become of him and of everything he stands for. Then you know with greater and greater certainty, he is my life and my salvation. What he gives me, what he is for for me, nobody else can give that or be that for me. And then you, you don't end up looking all over for something better. No, you know and experience that you have complete redemption and life in him. And then you're more and more at peace with him. Jesus is the one. He's the one. Nobody can give me the comfort and the joy he gives me. And you become more and more convinced of that as you eat him, as you consume him. The Holy Spirit then seals that on your heart. And then you don't continually end up searching elsewhere in other things that cannot satisfy. You never hunger and thirst anymore. And that's so different with other things here. You can have something today, but you can't be sure you're going to have it tomorrow. You can have good marks in school today. It doesn't say anything about the final report. You can have a nice house today. There's no guarantee. It could burn down or blow down tomorrow. You could be happily married today. But there's no guarantee. You can be a widower, widower tomorrow. You can be healthy today. That doesn't guarantee you're going to be healthy tomorrow. End up with a heart attack or with cancer. But once you come to Jesus and you know him and consume him as the bread of your life, you have him always guaranteed And you won't need to look anywhere else. And you won't hunger or thirst anymore. He gives you life and gives it abundantly. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, tomorrow is Labor Day. And we pray that you bless our labor. But help us in all things to know, to remember, to keep in mind and heart. We don't just labor for the food which perishes. But that we labor above all for the bread which endures to everlasting life. The bread which is Jesus Christ. The living bread. In his name we pray. Amen.